For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Believe in Badger Football podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, brought to you by betonline.ag. Once again, I'm your host, Matt Perkins, and I'm joined today by Jake Kokoroski from badgerblitz.com. Jake and I sit down to talk about how the cancellation of the game against Purdue is affecting the team, what we can look to going forward, what position groups are mostly affected, and what it's doing to recruiting. Before we get into the show, I want to remind you guys that we are brought to you by betonline.ag. The football season is in full swing, or at least on COVID delay, and while you may not be at the game this year, you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. Unfortunately, because of their uh, games being canceled, the Badgers have no line on their game this week because there's no game being played. Uh, But uh, no matter who your team is, if you feel like putting in some action, head on over to BetOnline. From game spreads to totals, team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more ways to get in on the action than anywhere else. Plus, there's always the online casino. It never closes. So head on over to BetOnline.ag and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, welcome back to the Believe in Badger football podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, brought to you by betonline.ag. I have the honor tonight of being joined by Jake Kokoroski of badgerblitz.com. Jake, thanks so much for taking a little bit of time out of your day to speak with me this evening. Hey, no, thanks for having me on, man. Appreciate it. I always, I'm always honored to be on these on, on podcasts, and uh, thanks for taking you know taking some time out with for me. Of course, of course. You know, I've been a very loyal Badger Blitz reader, subscriber, message board, commenter for almost eight years now. And I love what you guys do. For those of you listening to the show who are not members on Badger Blitz right now, I will tell you ahead of time, go ahead and get signed up. It is well worth it. You will learn more there from Jake and John and Ben and all the other guys than you will anywhere else. And I don't even get paid to say that. So um, obviously, you know, we will hop right into the biggest news of the week, which is the second consecutive cancellation for the Badgers. Obviously, last week there was no Nebraska game. This week, no Purdue game. With two consecutive games canceled, obviously, you know, there is the health implications physically. But what I want to talk to you tonight about, Jake, is how do you think this is affecting the team mentally? I mean, it's, it's, I think it's disappointing. I mean, you take a look at, I mean, even looking on Tuesday when they announced the cancellation, you know, Fayon Hicks put out a meme, a Will Smith meme with said pain um, as, a, as a quote tweet there, Matt Henning, Henningson, the former walk-on defensive end had a picture, was it a, a gif of Lilo and stitch in the rain, uh, to, you know, that type. So, I mean, yeah, it's disappointing, right? It is not, I mean, for some of these players, you know, I'm guessing, you know, like 
guys like Cole Van Lannan, you know, who's looking to put more tape on for the NFL. Um, you know, I'm guessing it's rough, you know, uh, and they want to play, uh, but they, you know, like Barry Alvarez has said that they want to wrap their arms around the, you know, this and control it. And, you know, you have an increase in, in, in positive tests uh, like they did, uh, like the update stated, you know, it's, they have to do what's best health wise uh, and, and take care of that and, and nip it in the bud before, you know, it, it gets worse. Uh, so, you know, mentally, uh, you know, I'm sure it's rough on the players. I'm sure it's rough on the coaches too, and, and trying to ha- play a season, but, you know, they're, they're, it's a program that's really, you know, Barry's talked about it and others they're, you know, they're trying to wrap around you know, their arms around it and, and really control and try to contain any further positive tests so that they can play hopefully against Michigan coming up next Saturday. Yeah, because they're going to need six games if they want to play in the Big Ten title game, at least exactly. from the outset, unless there are a bunch of other schools that cancel games. And then there's what, like a whole four page, like, uh, you know, PDF yeah, out yeah. there. There's a, there's a there's a certain level of it. I, I, we have up on Badger, but I think, I think I put it in my three two one column earlier this week talking about the cancellation language. Or if they have if all the teams have less than six or they average less than six, it's a a, a full I won't read it out here just for sake of not having great podcast content of me reading verbatim of big 10 and another great reason to go to the website. Exactly. So anyways, (laughs) but no, I know what you mean. Um, But yeah, so there's, there's a lot there, but you know, like I said, uh, it's we're, we're on, I think the word that is 2020 is unprecedented and that's where we're living in. And it's, it's quite, quite the year right now yeah it's unprecedented how unprecedented the year is at this point <laughs> you know and and i really feel for guys like john deetson right he's battled back he had to take an entire season off basically because of injuries he's battled back makes his way back into the starting lineup plays one game grades out pretty well in his first game back too according to pff and then it's like it's all so up in the air at this point and so you know i you know especially for the seniors man like you think you know you want to go out last year senior season you know just looking to go out on top and with everything that's just such an unknown i would think that would just be so mentally taxing on top of how physically taxing it is um one of the other things obviously they haven't really been able to practice as well what's the latest in terms of the practice schedule for the team do you know do we know when they'll be able to return to the practice field um let's see taking a look real quick I am taking a look at the update from this is from November 3rd. So obviously on Tuesday, uh, I mean, the team related activities remain paused indefinitely is how um, they described it. I think, you know, and, and talking to, um, I thought, and I'll have to verify that I'll have to re-listen to this, but uh, you know, I, I, there may depend upon activities, what can be done. Um, what Barry Alvarez had said uh, on Tuesday, um, I, I, I'll have to look back more into that. But really, with looking at, I confirmed with UW about some of this uh, a couple of days ago, and, and just you know what what normally they can do when they pause those activities, um, you know they can do virtual meetings, so they can game plan that. You know, or I guess I would guess you could game plan that way uh, if they have virtual meetings. Um, they can go uh, medical treatment is the let me just make sure I got this right. Yeah, they can hold virtual meetings other than testing. This is from a UW official uh, a couple of days ago. A meal pickup, medical treatments. Uh, that that those are you know other things, but the players are not permitted in the facilities. Is what Brian, uh, you know, the UW official said on Monday. Um, I thought Barry said something about, um, but on a couple of, it was yesterday, something about potentially working out, but. 
Um, I, I, was, I need to verify that to, to make sure what exactly that, you know, how. <laughs> yeah, what, 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 what exactly that entails. Right. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And of course, you know, they can't really go out, you know, they can't just go to the surf by themselves and go work out either, obviously. So because of COVID. So um, obviously, you know, we've seen how this has affected really the quarterback room, especially obviously we saw that um, Graham Mertz was, you know, sort of the first domino to fall when it came to COVID testing. Then we got Chase Wolf. Are there any other position groups that we know have been hit particularly hard by the virus yet, or have they just been not releasing because of HIPAA measures? Well, I mean, it's one of those things with, with UW where, you know, they stated when this first came out that they're not going to, no, they're not going to confirm or even when the first report came out about Graham Mertz, which was from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, uh, you know, nearly two weekends ago, right after the, mm-hmm. the Illinois win, it, it comes out where with with Mertz, you know, like basically that Sunday night thereafter, UW came out, said they're not going to, you know, release any of the names, do the privacy. So we don't really know, you know, and so, I mean, there have been reports about the quarterbacks where. Uh, in particular, Graham Mertz, but there's also reports from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, Wisconsin State Journal about Chase Wolf uh, testing positive, though we haven't really, you know, again, we haven't confirmed that uh, by, from UW, but it, it will, you know, Paul Christ is the, the you know, obviously they disclosed that the head coach had it, uh, which are tested positive for it. Um, so that, that's who we know um, when it comes to that. Yeah, so, but we know the number is up to 27 in the program right, now. Yeah, and so we don't necessarily know um, who or how it would affect the depth chart there. So that's not. So that's something that's, you know, we're kind of in the dark about at the moment. So I guess my next question then would be, what position group do you think this affects by not having actual physical practice the most? What is the group that you saw, at least from preseason and then from the week one game against Illinois, that you think is going to be missing out on those physical practice reps the most? I think it's the offensive line just in general because you had to replace that's the first thing i mean with my head you know it goes to wisconsin running game you saw what happened it's more what happened against illinois they ran for 182 yards which is okay by uw standards but they averaged only 3.4 yards per carry and they're replacing tyler biotish who's now the starting center with the dallas cowboys they're replacing two interior linemen and david mormon and jason erdman despite josh seltzner and caden lyles starting four games apiece in 2019, Mormon and Erdman really locked down those guard spots in the, that last you know third of the season. So now you have Lyles sliding in to be center for Biotish, and then you have Seltzner taking over the left guard spot. But then, then you mentioned Dietzen. You know, talk about a comeback story uh, with his uh, you know red hair of glory, uh, the long flowing locks. But he he was right guard against Illinois, and so that's going to be something where you know in terms of finding more chemistry and you saw the aerial tech from Wisconsin. So that's one thing where that helped out a lot, obviously with through the armor grammar, it's in terms of the offense and five, t- you know, five touchdown passes and uh, 20 for 21. Go- yeah. yeah. Hype train going astronomical, <laughs> but you know, for me, it's just, you know, more reps either in practice more reps in, in games, obviously, which, you know, against the, you know, and against Nebraska and Purdue, Remember the past three seasons for Wisconsin, that offensive line allowed uh, Jonathan Taylor to run for 200 plus yards in each of the last three seasons against those two programs. He had a field day. And so that could have been time. And I don't, wasn't necessarily sold on Purdue's run game was given up. Oh, I think it was about 170 to 180 yards per game Mm -hmm. around there. 
Nebraska, even though they beat Iowa, they still gave up a, a ton of yards on the ground. Right. And even on a fourth with a fourth string quarterback, they gave up I think 177 to the to the Fighting Illini back uh, this past weekend. And so that's going to be something that they'll need to you know that they, they could have gotten more on track there against if they do play against Michigan more of a stout defensive line. Uh, obviously that, you I mean, that's going to be a big test there with uh, what Don Brown, the defensive coordinator of Michigan has with that defensive line. And I think Wisconsin would probably take advantage of, of the secondary of Michigan uh, as Michigan state did like Rocky Lombardi throwing for over 320 yards. Uh, yeah. Where did that come from? Exactly. And so, you, you, I, but going back to your question, I think it might be the offensive line just so that they can continue to gel and against Nebraska with few fans in Memorial stadium against Purdue and just the success they've had, I think it could have built up more chemistry. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, but key for Wisconsin is getting that ground game guard running. Even if Graham Mertz is able to, you know, even, you know, the reports are true. If he is able to then suit up down that, down the road, you know, for that game or, change, or whoever it is under center uh, to pick on the secondary, they need to establish the run. Uh, mm-hmm. that way it just keeps everything flowing. It's the staple of Wisconsin football. Yeah. I was shocked by that first week depth chart for a couple of reasons. A, if, if Dietzen was going to start, I figured he would have been on the left side, not on the right side that when, when I saw he was slated in at right guard, I was like, I was blown away quite frankly, because he had all of his starts in his career up to that point at left tackle and left guard. He had mm-hmm. never started on the right side of the line as far as I knew. And pretty much the, you know, the consensus thinking on the program seemed to have been that, uh, Logan Bruss was going to kick down to guard and Tyler Beach is going to start at right tackle. And they were, you know, listed as co-starters, but Bruss played the entire game with the ones. And so far as I could tell watching the game. So, you know, I, I don't know what that says, if that says more about Selzner and Dietzen or more about Beach, you know, what, what did that say to you? And do you think that we will see more shuffling on the offensive line going forward? I think that, um, Joe Rudolph will always try to find his best five. So whoever's playing at their best, you know, and they fits the, the mold of that five, in my opinion, he's going to, you'll find the best five each week and go out there and, and, you know, whoever has the most success putting the yards on the ground and also more importantly, putting points on the board for them to win, they'll put out there. That being said too, though, I remember Joe Rudolph saying before, like when we got the depth chart, you know, I asked about Dietz and, and the right guard and what he did. And basically you know, you mentioned Bruss was injured for about a week. Uh, and so we all thought too, you know, I, not, I'm not, maybe I say we, but us at Badger Blitz, we thought that you, we'd see Bruss slide in at right guard and then beach at right tackle. We, we see how that really, even, I think it was a UW Badgers article uh, from, you know, the summer talking about that, that uh-huh. same thing where you had Lyles at center and you had, Bruss at right guard and beach at right tackle. So I think it speaks to that alignment speaks to the versatility of Bruss, who I think is going to be after Van Lannan, the next in line to be the next uh, NFL ready badger offensive lineman. I think he's crazy athletic, versatile. That's something that NFL teams will love. Now it's going to be what position will he be at, you know? And so uh, go, like I said, with, with Dietz and they slid him in, they, they, and Rudolph talked about him that's getting reps at right guard and not trying to move him. He does have that versatility though, which is great where he can, let's say something happens to Van Lannan, something, you know, something happens at left guard, they can always slide. Uh, and that's a testament to just what Wisconsin can do with their, their linemen. And especially with someone like Dietzen, who's now back with the team. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you know, just from personal level, I guess out of curiosity, something, God forbid, something happened to Cole Van Lannan, I would love to see what Logan Brown can do at this point. I mean, he and he was, you know, he's as exciting as a tackle prospect we've seen since Josh Oglesby, um, you know, come into the program, at least in terms of like rivals recruiting rankings. You know, he's a guy who just seems like he is so uh, athletic and nimble and brings a different skill set to the offensive line that we've seen in a while. We'll see if he's added any mass because he was, you know, he, he was still pretty trim coming out of high school. I don't know. I'm an offensive line kind of guy. I could talk about the offensive line all day. I know a lot of people <laughs> want to talk about, you know, the running backs and the glory positions. But let's talk about the running backs really quickly because, you know, obviously the, the nominal starters were Groshek and Watson. And, you know, I predicted on the show and, you know, it came out to be correct that Groshek played more snaps and Watson got more carries. Do you think we'll see that same sort of rotation going forward? And do you think we'll see any of either Julius Davis or Jalen Berger? I mean, I think right now with how, I mean, it's only off of one game and, you know, with the pause and team activities, we don't exactly know what's coming up next. Um, I would say with, you have that three, we'll see with just how weird the season is. We'll see what someone like Julius Davis or Jalen Berger can do. I'm really high on Berger just because of the fact of what he can do on the edge. What we saw, it's on high school tape, right? There's a difference between, oh, yeah. like going, you know, from college to NFL, it's saying, you know, I think it's even greater adjustment depending upon the skill level of high school up to the college level, especially most of those high school players are just so, you know, they're four or five star kids. They're just lights out. I mean, you watch someone like Nolan Rucci, the Wisconsin commit right now. And he just, it's pancake city. Every it's unfair. Highlight, it's you know? genuinely so, unfair. Yeah. yeah. But what do you I see? I mean, same Bur- thing for JT Benshaw, like, yeah. you know, I mean, playing up, was it, uh, he's not an Amherst. I forget what school he plays at. Grafton. But- Grafton, that's right. Yeah, I mean, you know, that is small town Wisconsin football. You know, they're they're big boys, but it's you know he he still stands out. Right, and so that's one thing with Berger is that he he can go, he run outside, he can run between the tackles, but he can also catch the ball out of the backfield. And they, I remember talking when I was at uh, Sports Illustrated's Wisconsin site for a while. I talked to his high school coach, and he was just saying how they used him at the X as a wide receiver, and use him for slants, you know, and making big plays through the passing game. But back to the other running, the more, more, uh, maybe say the older, the more veteran running backs. Uh, I think you still will see what happens going forward. But Groshek to me looked like he was the most patient. And you could tell he followed his blockers. He gained 70 yards. I think, if I'm not mistaken, 55 of them were in the second half or at least the fourth quarter, I think, if mm-hmm. I, read, I yeah. calculated it out right. But Wisconsin wore down the Illinois front later in the game when the game was out of reach. And you saw the patience with Groshek. He may not have that. Jonathan Taylor home run speed. No one does, uh, you know, maybe, maybe Grendo uh, when he gets in the open field, but we'll see if he can get him. Yeah, if he gets out on the edge, like he did on that one 11 yard run uh, in the second half, that there was 11 or 13 yard run. He could be something, you know, he could be kind of that home run threat, the big playability mm-hmm. if he gets out there. Um, but with, you know, Nikia Watson, he, Garrett Grosher called out his power and explosiveness you saw some good runs, some eight yard runs, some six yard runs against Illinois, but you also saw some, te- you know, some, te- you know, negative yardage plays. I thought it, uh, not, I don't think it was a handful, but it was like three or four yeah. negative plays. Uh, to, but that could also be the offensive line trying to work through stuff too. Um, yeah, he definitely was not at his most patient. And the thing about Garendo that I noticed, the one time Graham Mertz got sacked, he just completely whiffed 
on a block. He completely whiffed on a guy on the edge. Yeah, and um, both of those sacks, it appeared that it was the back's responsibility. I don't know if there is mm-hmm. a play call. I mean, we and, obviously, and we don't know the calls if we don't. Of course, of if course. maybe someone, you know, the lineman was supposed to reach over and he didn't, and then it looked like the back did that. We know that's one thing where we don't know the calls on the line. But I mean, Groshek had that. It looked like he initially picked up the blitz, but then he didn't. But then, and then he saw what happened through there. So, um. So I think there's there's definitely a lot of room for improvement, but you know, I still like the group. I still think Nikia Watson can be a very good back. Um, again, no one's going to be Jonathan Taylor uh, this year. It's going to be a little bit by committee. Garendo, if they can get, I was surprised they didn't really get him out more on the edge. You saw that with that thir- that 13 yard run in the second half, which you're, once he gets around that the bend, and we saw that in Minnesota against Minnesota on that uh, kickoff return where you, you get that edge and you get him out in the open field, he can. He's a burner. He can fly. He's a he's yeah. a former high school track standout. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. So I mean, it's just one of those things that uh, I think Wisconsin. I think there's talent there. It's it's going to take. It's going to be a weird year. This is already a weird year, but we'll see just how you know they mold. You know they gel, and we'll see what what happens if they are able to play against Michigan. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they get him involved in like the pass game at all, too, because that's why he could be really, really dangerous. Um, but you mentioned Nolan Rucci, one of the, you know, the big the, the big three offensive lineman commits, along with uh, with Malman and Benshaw uh, with COVID. I mean, most of the 2021 class has been wrapped up at this point, probably like two spots left, maybe three for this class has a lack of games um, affected recruitment. Obviously, the biggest thing is going to be lack of on campus visits, but that's sort of you know, par for the course across the board. No one has on-campus visits. So how is that, how do you think the lack of games is affecting or not affecting recruiting? And then obviously the big target left is Marcus Allen. He seems to be the guy that everyone is keyed in on right now. People seem to, seem to think that Jake Ratzlaff is pretty much almost a done deal at this point at the linebacker position. But linebacker is a, you know, it's a spoil of riches at this point. I mean, if, if they might take six linebackers this cycle, which seems ridiculous. But what's the latest with Marcus Allen and how do you think COVID's affecting recruiting? I mean, I think with when you, when you talk about just in general with recruiting, it's just that recruiting dead period and just the extension of it. It stinks. I, I feel for this class of 2021, especially those that are still trying to make a decision. And you now have to deal with you know, some of these, you know, some have taken trips to their, these schools on unofficial. So out of their own pocket, uh, you, they don't have official visits, so they can't fly them in. And you see, especially with, I mean, going on within this state with, with the numbers that wouldn't fly um, in terms of bringing them in, but you're also dealing with, with when it comes to, Everywhere else is is feeling this way too. So it evens out that way. But even but even with Wisconsin, I'll argue to the point of, you know, they did a lot of their you know evaluations during camps during the summer. So like John and I would go, John McNamara, the publisher of Badger Blitz, and I would go. You know, like he goes whenever there's a chance to um, that Wisconsin would hold them, and I joined them for one of them last June when I first started there, and just watching what they do. And so there's evaluations there. I mean. Um, yeah, yeah, a lot of in-state K- kids get the yeah. get, get well, the Cade offers McDon- there. I mean, uh, we John and I saw Cade McDonald stand out, mm-hmm. uh, you know, who then was an early enrollee, and he, I mean, he had an offer and he committed, you know, very quickly thereafter. Yeah, and so it's one of those things where um, I think that just not being able to get on campus and experience and see Wisconsin during the summer like it is, and that's a big selling point. Uh, going out, you know, going out Lake Mendota, Monona Terrace. 
just enjoying the nice, you know, just what Wisconsin, you know, what Madison summers are. Yeah, the, uh, it's the greatest place on earth. Like. Yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I've, I've lived here for since, gosh, 2000, I mean, 2005. And um, it's one of those places where, I mean, you take it for granted a little bit, but, you know, you hear your old friends like, oh, I want to go to the terrace for a beer. Okay, you know, granted, those kids can't do that at that age, but it's also one thing where you get to go out on the terrace and enjoy that. So I think that's, that's kind of, that's been rough, but also other places are having the same thing. Um, and, and so other, you know, other people that are trying to do camps or other things. I mean, all the other programs are missing out as well. So I, I think, I think Wisconsin will be okay. I think they're, you know, I've talked to recruits this year where they're going out and they're, receiving virtual visits from Wisconsin, you know, Ricardo Hallman, the Wisconsin, uh, the four-star cornerback out of South Florida, another South Florida corner, uh, you know, potentially signing with Wisconsin or he's already commit, but obviously the signing period uh, will start in December. You know, he didn't come to Wisconsin at all, but they had virtual visits set up for him. Uh, others had that too. So they're trying to find ways to show off the university. Uh, and, and, you know, for that matter, the, you know, some of these kids too, they can come on their own dime as an unofficial visit to visit the campus. They just can't interact with the staff in person, in an in-person capacity. So, um, you know, they can do that as well. Um, but really, uh, you know, with, with Marcus Allen in particular, and, you know, his, you know, recruitments, you know, obviously a, a former Michigan commit for that matter. And, you know, John McNamara actually had, um, and if you, if y'all go to badgerblitz.com, sign up, you know, he, uh, he talked to Marcus a couple of days ago and just talking about how uh, Marcus said at this point, you know, the schools that I've offered, he's considering Cincinnati, Virginia, Wisconsin, and Boston college. And then, you know, for those that haven't, he's still looking at Ohio state and Penn state. So a little mix of big 10, little mix of ACC there. And of course, Cincinnati being the home, the home state school too, uh, with Luke fickle and just what they're doing down there is really impressive uh, in the AAC. So it, you know, they have that. Um, but he also talked about, um, John asked about just, you know, the relationship with Alvis Witted, the new Wisconsin wide receivers coach, who I'm particularly high on just because the, what his resume, not just what Devontae Adams did back in 2019 for the Green Bay Packers, but just how he witted at Colorado State developed you know, big time players like Richard Higgins and Michael Gallup. And then Preston Williams and BC Johnson, all wide receivers that made it to the NFL. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, from, from, a, from a mountain West school, like, yeah, exactly. I mean, that, that is quite impressive. Even, you know, working hand in hand with Mike Bobo, who, you know, very yeah, good offensive coordinator in, in, in his own right. But yeah, I mean, I, I've been very impressed with it and he seems to have done really well, at least within his first season with Jameer DK, you know, developing him pretty quickly along in the process, basically being the number five receiver out of the gate. Exactly. And so, like I said, with, uh, with, with Alan too, I mean, I think, you know, he mentioned that his relationship with coach Witt, or, you know, he said, this is his exact quote verbatim from John's article. My relationship with coach Wooded is getting better every day. And so that's going to be something that, you know, like I said, to, to watch just down the road. Uh, I know you mentioned Jake Ratzloff. I know John, I've been trying to get a whole lot. You know, we, I tried reaching out I mean, and all kids are busy too. And so we haven't had a chance to reach out to Ratzliff to talk about decisions and, whatnot you know he is a minnesota hockey commit uh and whatnot right now and you know from if i'm not mistaken he did not get drafted in the nhl draft yeah, he, uh, he went undrafted so with that it's what you know we don't know 
you know, we haven't had a chance to, to follow up with him, to talk with him about what's next. Yeah, it's almost um, like what sports he's going to choose, more so than what schools he's going to choose. Right. So, yeah. So we'll, we'll see what goes from there. Um, but, of course, you know, if we hear anything, you know, y'all head over to badgerblitz.com. We'll try to give you the best that we can. All right. Well, listen, Jake, thanks so much for uh, for dropping some knowledge with us here tonight. Uh, tell the good people where they can find you. Yeah, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Jake Coco, uh, K-O-C-O. Uh, go to badgerblitz.com, folks. It's it's uh, I mean, wisconsin.rivals.com. Everything that you need on the recruiting trail, on the field, on the basketball court, we try to deliver for you day in and day out. And we'll have some new stuff coming out. I talked to Yanni Karloftis uh, today. So as a spoiler, uh, that should be up either tomorrow or Friday at the absolute latest, uh, talking about his updated recruitment uh, and whatnot. And we'll have a lot more. Like we're, we're right now with no games, really. Look at, John and I are looking at each other, like in Ben Morgle for that matter. Okay, which recruits are we going to hit up to talk so that you get, y'all know what's going on in their worlds and how it relates to Wisconsin? Definitely. Well, I think we're having Ben on the show next week. So, nice. you know, I, I'm doing the whole rivals. I'm doing the whole rivals team here over the first month of the season. So, awesome. um, I, I'm really excited about that. Jake, thank you so much for uh, imparting your wisdom. And uh, until next guy, next time, guys, on Wisconsin. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.